Ho 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 everyone, welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Good uh, afternoon. <laughs> I always love the energy you bring to a review, Tim. Always. Second to none. Second to none. I was trying to think of a Christmas word for afternoon, but I can't <laughs> think of any. Um... I don't have it for you. No, this is a horror movie podcast that screams after midnight. We every week we get together. Uh, although in this case, this is actually an extra episode that we're doing just because it's Christmas, and we're going to talk about a Christmas film. And we're going to talk about Christmas Evil, aka You Better Watch Out. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of different titles for this one. Uh, this is actually one that we kind of did actually way, 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 way back when we started the show. Uh, but that was back in that early sort of first year. That, and they're all terrible. There's no point in going back and looking at them. This is us remaking it because it's. We're better now, <laughs> and uh, we'll have a more in-depth discussion than we did back then. And this will be good. This will be fun. Do you know what I just realised, Tim? Bizarrely, that? is that oh. I just did an introduction and I didn't need to because this is just the news that's going on at Christmas Evil. This doesn't actually have to have oh. a start to it. So we wasted about ten seconds there, but that's okay. So we're going to get any news uh, <laughs> for this week. So let's just fly right into it. <laughs> Double the intros for the price of one. When- Merry I just, Christmas. I realized like halfway through my intro, like after like, you know, just that, that first opening, I realized how oh, I don't have to do this. This is this is going to an episode. It's already got an intro. Uh, all right, so let's get only you realize that for the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do this. We can go out in the sun and. <laughs> Oh yeah, for the record, by the way, Tim on Twitter has been making some sort of weird <laughs> promise about us doing <laughs> an old podcast in twenty twenty. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for about a decade, and the decade's about to close now. And I thought, you know, we've pretty much done every horror movie. I don't think there's much we haven't done. And I don't know, maybe people want to see things shaken up. I don't know if they want to. You know, we've been talking a lot about owls recently, and a lot of patrons have been making owl comments. No, 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 shut up. This is all lies. I've, <laughs> I've been in the chats before, and I, there's a lot of who's in there. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We might be changing things up. You'll you'll know in a few weeks. Just to, <laughs> j- 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 I just want people to understand that you know, all of a sudden, randomly, like, I I think I was I don't know if I was streaming or I was recording with someone else at the time, and I get a notification because the streams account has a like or something, and I go and check, and it's like in twenty twenty where we're stopping horror movies and we start talking about owls instead, and I'm like, what is this? Where does Tim come up with this shit? What what what? what is <laughs> Jesus. And oh, by the way, for the record, I, I tentatively scheduled our like first six months of the year, right? Just because I wanted to know when the, the movies were coming out in the theaters and stuff. And there's actually quite a lot of them coming out. Like, we have, mm-hmm. there's like, you know, Boy 2's coming out, Invisible Man, Candyman and Remake, Quiet Place 2. Everyone knows the beginning of the year is prime time for horror. That's when uh, <laughs> studios release all their little gems. Yeah, not in October when, you know, it's horror yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess they figured that January is depressing enough that we may as well just make it really miserable. <laughs> just, just Here's all the bad horror movies. Uh, so let's get into the news. Mm-hmm. First up, uh, Chris Peckover, or Peckover, mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce his last name, uh, who directed Better Watch Out, which we did a couple of years ago, the Christmas film with the kids and the, the, the evil... Well, the evil kid with the yeah. the babysitter. Uh, so, uh, yeah, go to, go to, as, as the next film is called Limbo, and it's a horror thriller from Miramax, although Miramax might be getting purchased by 
another studio so uh, Disney <laughs> not Disney it wasn't Disney uh. <laughs> it was someone else but um, notable uh, so okay. The news here is that uh, Anika Noni Rose from Dreamgirls, Bates Mattel, Assassination Nation, and Power is going to star, and she's going to lead the cast of this supernatural horror film. Uh, so it's called Limbo. Here's the description. Limbo tells the terrifying story of a young mother whose body becomes possessed by something evil, rendering her a disembodied spirit and a ghost in her own house. As the demonic double takes over her life and threatens to harm her family, she must find a way to protect her loved ones while also finding a way back to her body before it's too late. I think we actually heard about this when the director was first announced because I remember saying that uh, it's certainly interesting that we're going to follow us from the, the, the point of view of the person who's been replaced in the, in the house, which is a neat idea. Um, yeah. And Better Watch Out wasn't amazing, but it wasn't a bad movie either. Like, that, that, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried because it's that director, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about, like, Better Watch Out, but I guess it was more, like, story reasons than, like, you know, like, the direction and stuff. I, I didn't mind. Um, you know, plus, I'm a, a big fan of the video game, so obviously I'm going to, you know, go out to see the movie. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> Do you know, for, uh, a second, so- for a second there, Tim, I was like, I can't think of a video game called Better Watch Out. What are you talking about? <laughs> he means Limbo. You saw about Limbo, everyone, just in case you're confused. <laughs> Uh, if the tagline on the poster isn't how low can you go, <laughs> they really, really miss an opportunity. <laughs> uh, I will leave that there. That's just the perfect note to go on in that story. Uh, next up, um, uh, Firestarter. Did you ever see Firestarter? We may have read it because it's a Stephen King book and you're Stephen King man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've uh, both seen and read it. Yes, I have the, um, uh, I think it's, Shout Factory uh, or Scream Factory, whichever one I, I think did uh, on this collector's edition of it, which well, I own. Same difference. I mean, Scream Factory is owned by yeah. Shout Factory. Um, so Jason Bloom's at it again. <laughs> Bloomhouse are developing a remake of Firestarter. Uh, Akiva Goldsman is no. developing the adaptation. <laughs> no. Get out of here. Akiva Goldsman, of course, developed the adaptation of The Dark Tower and also wrote the script for the infamous Batman and Robin, which you might be a fan of at home. Jesus. Uh, right. So, uh, Firestarter is originally adapted in 1984. Goldsman is said to be writing the screenplay for Blumhouse Universal Jesus. Uh, with Scott Teams. Uh... Oh, he's writing it with Scott Teams. I was like, who's Scott Teams? What's he doing? But he's, he's, he's writing with him. Okay. A Scottish team. Uh, so... What? <laughs> <laughs> Scott's team. Is that? Oh my god! I don't. I, I wasn't prepared for Tim today, guys. I don't. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I think he, he's still mad at me for not including him in the Star Wars review. And I, you know, like if he'd made it clear he wanted to be on the Star Wars review, I, I, I would have done something to make it work. I would have. I mean, you know, I've been on every other one, so but I, I guess you? why not? <laughs> I think. Well, I think I've been on at least like you know the big numbered ones. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember you being there. But no, it's 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 all gravy, uh, as I say. <laughs> I mean, we know uh, we know it's impossible to you know change a schedule once it's uh, especially when it's one that's literally just like an hour <laughs> before I come home from work. I know that that is tough to do. You should have told uh, me that. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't tell me that if you just wait an hour, I can be there. You didn't say that. 
It's all right. I mean, I, uh, I, I understand where I stand, so that's fine. Uh, you, but... Tim, you realize there's a group chat with everyone, all, all of us, and you could have just said, hey, I get home an hour later, can you push it one hour? You could have said that. <laughs> it's great. And I know where, uh, I know where I'm wanted, and uh, you know, I guess I just... When you're re- when you're relegated to the the dregs of the horror channel, uh, you know some people don't want to hear your possibly spicy opinions on. Uh, All right, do you know what? <laughs> some do you of what? the bigger franchises. There. Do you know what, Tim? I wish you were there because you had the best hot takes on Star Wars. You did. But here's the thing: I'm going to start penciling you in for every movie review. Right, Little Women's out this week. I'm going to pencil you in for it because I feel like you're perfect to to talk about Little Women with. Okay. <laughs> Hey, who doesn't want to see a review of Little Women from two white guys? <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that'd be interesting. But no, look, obviously, though, I'm not mad. Though. It's, we were joking about it, but it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's all gravy. As I say. Um, all right, back I, to Akiva Goldsmith's yeah, rating, rating a fire star. Which is the, the true whore of this all. Yeah, no, this is a this is a big bummer actually, because I, I, I did see the headline that they're remaking it, and I didn't get looks. I, I didn't dig further enough to see that he was uh, he was behind it. it. If you know, if I may borrow something from the the Losers Club, the Stephen King podcast I listened to, um, that was referred to him as uh, Hollywood hack Akiva's Goldman, which is true. I mean, he uh, I don't know, I don't want to speak bad of people, but everything he does like kind of sucks, <laughs> and like the Dark Tower, like. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, honestly. It's like very bad. Very, very bad. Um, and just to be clarified here, he's a Hollywood hack, not a Hollywood, Hollywood hacker, which is a very different thing. Yeah. Oh, true. Um, of course, of course. Yes. Remember all those, all those Sony emails that leaked? Yes, that's a Hollywood oh, that's hacker. True. Yeah. That was um, Akiva Goldsman. That's not, that's not slander the man. No. Nah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, though, Stephen King, I'm going to be there. And uh, Firestarter is interesting because I, I know some people love the book, and I'm, I'm not crazy about it. I think it's a little it, – it, it's kind of – the pacing is kind of weird. It's a little overwritten. I, I think the, the core idea of it is good. Um, and, it, you know, it's especially something now with Stranger Things and stuff that, you know, people can really relate to because, you know, it's essentially a, you know, kid with superpowers on the run from, like, a government agency. Uh, okay. You know, which, so that's – I mean that's obviously, like, you know, something we've seen, you know uh, – more prevalent you know i i think with things and uh you know so it, it is a cool idea and there's some good stuff in the original movie but it, it does tend to be a little boring especially in the middle um but th- like that's one that i feel like okay yeah i could see a remake of this but uh th- i'm not super crazy about the people involved yeah well, i mean we could uh, obviously we'll probably do the original before the remake hits uh if, you know since it'll be relevant but Mm-hmm. Um, should this all go through? I actually don't even know what it was about. Honestly, you telling me it was about a girl with pyrokinetic abilities is yeah. uh, mm-hmm. news to me. Um, makes sense. All I can think of when I hear the title of this is uh, the prodigy. I can always do your fire starter. <laughs> your fire starter. That's all I can hear. Uh, so uh, yeah. So fire starter get a new remake from Blumhouse. The the I mean Blumhouse makes some good things. Don't get me wrong. So I'm I'm happy they exist to make sure there's a, a constant stream of horror movies, and I'm looking forward to Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. But they really are like a factory. <laughs> They're turning out so many horror movies. Oh no, definitely. Like I, I think I was having a discussion with my brother about it because you know he was kind of 
of the mind of like, oh yeah, like you know, Bloomhouse means quality, and you know, like oh, you know, if something's done by Bloomhouse, that's exciting. I was like, well, I, I mean, I do like Bloomhouse, and they do make, you know, their fair share of really good stuff, but at, at the end of the day, it's a company. And, yeah, I, I don't think it's any know. different from like say Warner Brothers' track record, right? They've got some good stuff, oh, no, they've got totally, some really bad yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, it's just that they are almost like you know, uh, at, at this point, pretty much like primarily horror like i don't even i know like they started off doing like non-horror stuff too but like i mean i think at this point it's pretty much just horror so like mm. you know it, it's easy to see you know if you watch three horror movies from them and you like them it's you know easy to be like oh yeah no this studio is great and you know god bless them for you know keeping horror alive and stuff but yeah at the same time <laughs> they you know have their fair share of like garbage <laughs> i just just watch like you know any <laughs> random uh thing of that like tv series they did on hulu <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty painful yeah yeah it's a shame because that was such a good idea and that was that was such a like a fun thing where when yeah. we first announced that i said oh maybe that could be one episode of our show a month because it's like oh, they'll give mm-hmm. us like a new movie every month to talk about and we did yeah. one one of the first one and went yeah you know what we're out <laughs> like yeah. i don't need to do these <laughs> every now and again they're okay and i think i mentioned it before but the christmas one actually thought this year i actually thought was like pretty good like it, not like amazing but if you're you know hard up for something to watch like it's a decent watch um yeah the uh, and then yeah you know, not to jump ahead in the news but there's actually a pretty uh heavy king week i don't know if you have the other stuff there but if, if i don't then you can you can uh do a, an amendment and add us in some news i, I don't okay. remember off the top of my head to be honest uh well uh i mean maybe not like huge news but the I guess maybe it doesn't affect us too much because we don't really revisit movies, but uh, they were saying that the Doctor Sleep uh, home release is going to include like ah, a yeah. over three hour director's cut. Which, uh, again, I love Doctor Sleep, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I mean, I, then, I, I enjoyed Doctor Sleep. I, I mean, I didn't love it. I had problems, yeah. but you know, there was a lot of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, in there. yeah, the, not perfect, but I, I mean, to me though, it did like a lot of stuff right, and uh, you know, like the story in King and everything, obviously. Uh, but then the other big thing was. They announced that they're doing a, um, you know, so obviously there's Salem's Lot, uh, you know, which is a well-known story, but there, uh, there's like a, a kind of like a prequely short story that King did called Jerusalem Jerusalem's Lot, uh, which I think they just announced they're doing a mini series of. Mm. I forget where it's there, there's too many like streaming services and companies and stuff uh, now, so I forget where it's gonna be, but uh, that's really exciting for me yeah yeah uh, uh i did not have those mainly just because you know one was about a home release and one was a more of a tv yeah. thing but like yeah like yeah a lot of, lot of king actually what's funny is that um we were just talking before because we, we both listened to a podcast that i i uh a horror podcast and uh one of the guys on it like works at Bloomhouse and therefore all whenever and whenever they do the top tens he always makes a point of not picking any Bloomhouse movies because he hasn't you know he wants to you know just to be objective and just do stuff that's separate from Bloomhouse mm-hmm. and I'm always surprised that there's ten to pick that <laughs> the hard from Bloomhouse yeah. because I'm <laughs> like, I feel like Bloomhouse like floods yeah. the market every single year um but anyway, uh, next up what do we have here? Uh we have uh so uh, Radio Silence, who are Matt Bettelini, Olpen, Tyler Gillette, or, or Gillette maybe, uh, and Chad Villella, uh, they're teaming up with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So that team did um, 
Dead uh, Ready or Not. And okay. they're working with Phil Lord and Chris Miller on a new horror comedy, which is entitled right now, but it's been described as a unique, bear-driven horror comedy oh, with okay. heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the project was being pitched as a cross between Good Boys and The Revenant. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> I mean... You know, sure. <laughs> no, I mean that the you know there's a lot of words <laughs> in in there, but that's kind of I guess kind of exciting. Like, I mean, I mean at the very least, like um, it sounds like that's something that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. I'll give it that. It had a you know a, a, a line that made me go, oh, okay, that's a, that's a thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of horror comedies, Amazon Studios has acquired worldwide rights to Ninian Doff. Uh, uh, Ninian's debut f- feature called Boys in the Wood and it is spelt with the Z or the Z you know Boys in the Wood as, okay. opposed, to, as opposed to Boys in the Hood which is clearly <laughs> riffing on uh, it's a horror comedy uh, which made its world premiere uh, as the opening midnight movie uh, South by Southwest uh, and it's set deep in the Scottish Highlands and gives <laughs> an irreverent take on generational politics hip hop okay. loving farmers and <laughs> alleged hallucinogenic rabbit shites okay I, I'll be honest I didn't read this ahead I didn't know I said it in Scottish I, didn't, I did not realise I'd be saying rabbit shites at the end of that paragraph uh, is, is there like a big uh, hip hop scene in Scotland oh that I'm aware of uh, the satirical story which features a playlist of tone appropriate rappers including Danny Brown Vin Staples Run the Jewels and original music from Scottish producer S-Type S-type. I don't know who these <laughs> follows four city boys trying to escape a mysterious huntsman played by Eddie Izzard. Oh, there you go. He's, he's not Scottish. Uh, okay. The Scottish Highlands police unit trails behind, failing spectacularly to prov- to provide assistance. I mean, I'm intrigued. Yeah, uh, definitely sounds interesting, <laughs> if anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm an old man. I don't know much about music anymore, so most of those names uh, went right past me. Uh, I do like Run the Jewels, though. I do, I do know them. I have, I have a record. <laughs> from them which is, is quite good um but yeah everything else i have no idea uh, could be interesting yeah I, I don't even know i guess it only took like what like 30 years for someone to finally make a you know a parody of boys in the hood yeah and <laughs> i, I well, never I mean, expected it be... with this title but yeah i never expected it'd be a scottish venture <laughs> You know, um, but hey, so that's uh, Boys in the Wood. Mm. Next up, uh, we have some casting for a new film. Uh, so Christopher McGowan wrote and will be directing a film called Chasing Nightmares for Spectre Pictures. And the news oh. is that Anne Hesch and Graham McTavish are going to star in it. So, uh, along with Michelle Randolph, uh, here's the description. The plot involves a college student uh, who risks her and her friend's lives to track down the meaning behind the nightmares she has about a girl and a delusional masked man. Uh, Relatively vague, but a horror film coming together. Cool. All right, we'll move on. How much to add on that one? <laughs> you don't have much to say about that. So, Shadows uh, acquired a, rights to a couple of different movies from... Hell yeah. 
<laughs> from Sundance. Uh, so the two new movies are called Scare Me and La Llorona, not to be confused with Curse of La Llorona, different yeah. film. Uh, so Scare Me, which is written and directed by Josh Rubin in his feature debut, is a comedic thriller that will have its world premiere at Sundance Midnight Section. It revolves around two strangers who tell scary stories during a power outage in the uh, Catskills. Uh, the more... The more Fred and Fanny, Fanny, oh, Jesus <laughs> F- Fanny in the UK means vagina. Okay, so I, I can't read that word oh, yeah. and not, not just. <laughs> I can't take anyone called Fanny seriously. It's just, it's just, it doesn't work. Uh, anyway, the more Fred and Fanny commit to their roles, the more the stories come to life in the dark cabin. The horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear. Fanny is the better storyteller. Um. Mm. Uh... It's not a bad premise. Um, the fact that they lead off, though, that it's like a comedic thriller, <laughs> kind of puts me off. Like if it, uh, if it seemed like it was sticking more with horror, even if more of it's like horror comedy, uh, it'd be a little more interesting. But uh, I don't know, could be good. Yeah, um, I like the setting. You know, yeah. cabin power each. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, I don't know. But um, the other one is La Llorona. It revolves... Oh, sorry. Jero uh, Bustamante's La Llorona uh, is... The plot revolves around the magical realism as it follows uh, Enrique, a retired general who oversaw the Mayan genocide and is haunted by his devastating crimes. Yeah, that sounds a bit more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I... I would definitely be down for another uh, yeah Yarona movie because um, the last one was so bad. But I, I, like you know, it seems like you know um, you, you know like a, a very interesting like you know authentic like legend that you know they could still do something good with. Uh, so that could be cool. I, I think it's the main character here that interests me because it's like you know you're given as this character who oversaw a genocide so you're given as someone who we, we're not going to root for we're going to be just enjoying watching him be if it's well done that's that true. is yeah we're going to enjoy watching him be tortured and tormented by <laughs> you know the, the spirit or whatever uh yeah so that's that's intriguing it's a little bit different so yeah shadow's got the rights to both of those um uh in north america the uk and ireland so um you know Cool. The, the two most major markets, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, so those those will be hitting shutter presumably sometime next year. Uh, next up, we're back to back to old Jason Bloom. Jason Bloom's at it again. <laughs> uh, so they've actually made this. They've acquired the rights to a movie. Uh, okay. So this was this actually kind of came with the, the news about Firestar. It was kind of hidden, like mm-hmm. sort of in a small print with that. Uh, but they've actually uh, got the distribution rights uh, for Thomas uh, Tom, Keith Thomas's festival. Uh, film The Vigil uh, for a future theatrical release. Um, okay. It premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival's Midnight Madness program, and this is uh, where was the description here? It was not like a, I don't think it was a really sexy one. Uh, in the film, a man providing an overnight watch is this. Sorry, in a, in a film in which a man providing overnight watch to a deceased member of his former Orthodox Jewish community finds himself opposite a malevolent entity very vague not, not not a whole lot to go on as of yet okay um but um i can't think of a lot of jewish horror films though um there was that one the 
I just forget the name of it. Was it just like the box or something? Is it based on like the the Dybbuk box? But um, I don't think I saw this. It was uh, it feels like it was from like a few years ago, but honestly, it might be more like <laughs> you know, like ten years or something at this point. It's like one of those kind of like you know generic movies that comes and goes, but it, it wasn't like horrible. But uh, it, it has like a bad title. Like it has like a very generic title which uh is, is dumb um you know like it, it might just be like you know something like the curse or, or something like uh you know very very stupid if i can look it up real quick but yeah i don't know if i can think of too many other yeah jewish focus ones that is kind of interesting uh that's kind of a selling point at least right now um there's actually a much bigger description further down here if you want the, the more in-depth one. Uh, oh yeah, please. Set over the course of a single evening in Brooklyn's Hasidic Borough Park neighborhood, the vigil follows Yaakov, a former Hasid, mm-hmm. as he accepts a position as a shomer. And if I'm mispronouncing any of these uh, these words that are obviously, you know, related to the Jewish uh, faith, I apologize because <laughs> I've probably butchered some of them, uh, hired to sit the vigil and watch over the body of a deceased community member. Having lost his faith, Yaakov isn't eager to go back to the insular religious community. He only recently fled, but when Reb Shalom, or Shalom, sorry, a rabbi of the uh, confidant approaches Yaakov after a support group meeting and offers to pay Yaakov to be the, the shomer for a recently deceased Holocaust survivor, he reluctantly accepts the job. Shortly after arriving at the, the dilapidated house, uh, Yaakov realizes that something is very, very wrong. This will not be a quiet vigil. Do you know, honestly, that that detail there about the person who died being a Holocaust survivor actually gives us a a lot a sort of more darker, realer kind of way yeah. to it. Like you know, if there's a way to do something where it's kind of the, the horrors of the, like the person's experience in the Holocaust, um, okay, <laughs> this could actually. I mean, especially if this is a like, I mean, if this is like a very kind of serious film about the horrors of the Holocaust and kind of like how it's how it's kind of like you know almost been forgotten but is passing through like the generations or or whatever mm-hmm. but like this is kind of like this this person kind of really kind of coming to terms with it and like i, I could see this being a really good idea for a movie given that i've seen more of the context of what it's actually about um yeah. so it's just a case of is it actually you know <laughs> well written is it well directed is it yeah is it these things but this could be a really good heavy horror movie no, that definitely sounds good. And then the uh, yeah, the movie I was thinking of was called The Possession, so super uh. <laughs> generic title uh, from 2012. But uh, I, I remember it not being like the bad, but you know, it's probably just kind of bland. Um, but uh, I think uh, the Golem I think is another uh, Jewish horror movie, which uh, wasn't too bad. Uh, I think it might have came out this year or last year. Um, you know, it was a smaller kind of more independent movie, but it's okay um but yeah i mean no it's definitely you know always good to have like more like you know more voices different stuff and everything yeah Yeah. more voices more diversity uh, different Mm. different perspectives that lead to horror from different angles is always good um as much as i love uh skinny white girls being chased by actual maniacs <laughs> uh it can't always be that uh, we have to of do course. different things uh yeah. so no so, so blumhouse is going to release that at some point presumably in, again in 2020 uh mm-hmm. so i mean it is done it's already premiered at like a festival and stuff so i imagine it'll maybe be the first half of the year uh we'll we'll maybe see this emerge <laughs> uh next up uh 
The Hawkline Monster, a Gothic Western. There's a novel from 1974. <laughs> um, uh, Richard... Uh, uh, Barotigan's uh, novel that is and there was actually Good. a point where Tim Burton was going to make a movie based on this but uh, we now have uh... wait what <laughs> oh okay and then Hal Ashby was going to direct it but he passed away so obviously that didn't come to, uh, didn't come to happen but New Regency uh, has acquired the rights to the novel earlier this year and is working now with Yargos Lanthimos who worked on The Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Favourite uh, to develop this uh this, this new movie. Um, I think he also did uh, The Lobster, if I remember right, uh, which I have seen. Because I've not seen these which, two movies, but I've seen The Lobster. One, which one was the favourite? I can't remember that uh, The favourite came out last year, and it was a period piece starring Olivia Colman. Um, Connor mm. loved it, but he said, he said it looks like a film that I'd hate, because it's like a period piece, but it's actually mm-hmm. really witty and stuff, it's like, which, which makes sense given The, the Lobster, because I've seen that. I, the, uh, and, um, is it by the, that same director that did yeah. both of those? Alright, because I, uh, I, honestly, I hate, hated uh, The Lobster and uh, Killing of <laughs> the Sacred Deer. I, I think they're horrible movies. <laughs> the, um, and, and you know, and, and it's and it is it does seem like it kind of should be up my alley because they're like you know irreverently weird <laughs> like they're such like yeah. outlandish weird premises that I was like oh, holy shit like these are gonna be my bags but I, I just think they're so boring and yeah this is uninteresting <laughs> yeah this is weird that you don't like <laughs> the the lobster because like like it feels like your type of humor it's almost like it's just so close to your humor that like you reject it because it's just not yours like i don't know possibly um, but uh yeah so here's the description of the uh the, the story for this uh, the book tells uh the book tells of two unlikely hero gunslingers hired by a 15 year old girl named magic child to kill the monster that lives in the ice caves under the basement of a house inhabited by a young woman named miss hawkline what follows is a unique adventure where there is more to magic child miss hawkline and the house that meets the eye uh so intriguing I wonder, I wonder if there's like something special about this book or something because it's they said it was like from like 1974 mm-hmm. so i mean it seems to have like some staying power that like people want to i'd never heard of this uh at all uh so i wonder if there's something about it that it's supposed to be really good or yeah. I, I assume it's very be good yes yes <laughs> <laughs> It's just weird that it's like, oh, some just a like random book from 1974 that people seem to want to make a movie about. But I mean, description sounds uh, okay enough, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how much of a horror movie this ends up being. It definitely sounds like it could be a sure, horror movie, yeah. but given this director, I could see it be more of a quirky kind of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to just straight up horror. Anyway, we'll move on to uh, trailers. We've got some trailers this week to look at. Uh, first up, we get an Elijah Wood movie called Come to Daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I'm sure uh, Tim says to his wife on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Elijah Wood. Actually, oh, sorry. <laughs> I actually do say that from <laughs> time to time, but usually just when, if I'm... Uh, trying to make a joke and be gross or something. I, I, ironic, yeah, you say ironically, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, so, yeah, Elijah Wood plays a man in his 30s. Um, is he still in his 30s? I, I thought he'd be pushing 40, but yeah, maybe, maybe he's still in his 30s. Uh, he, he, uh, he can probably pass for 30s, if not, at least. Yeah, he gets a note from uh, his estranged father, 
uh, to go and uh, talk to him in the cabin in the woods. Uh, and we get a trailer for this. And this is definitely more horror comedy. It's very quirky mm. by the looks of it. Uh, you know, the basically his father might be <coughs> completely psychotic and might have mm. like been killing people and has blades. It's actually kind of hard to sort of sum up what this trailer is doing, <laughs> to mm. be honest. How do you feel about yeah. it? Uh, I mean, I thought it looked good. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely seems to be going in uh, directions. Um, I mean, it feels like it could be funny, uh, but also, you know, it seems like it, it has like some good tension and stuff. I, yeah, I guess it's you know kind of playing off the idea of like, um, you know, like he Elijah Wood seems like a normal guy, and then uh, you know, it seems like everyone around him is kind of crazy. Like, yeah, obviously the father seems to be. Yeah, you know, kind of the main focus, but it seems like the the other little pe- the people that we see glimpses of in the town seem to also be <laughs> kind of mm. out there. Um, so I, I mean, it's a definitely like a, a well done trailer. I, I thought it, uh, you know, kind of yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of moments in it where it looks like he's like something almost happens to him, and it is, he's, he's it's, it's like he's suspicious that his dad's trying to kill him, kind of yeah. thing. Um, so uh, Stephen McHattie yeah. plays the dad, who uh, is also generally pretty good when I see him and stuff. So. Um, uh, I'm not really too familiar with him, but I mean, he, he definitely seemed good in the trailer. I'm, I'm sure uh, he's the lead character from my opponent pool, if I remember right. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that okay, yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I uh, I love Elijah Wood though. I like uh, especially like a lot of the kind of like you know smaller like horror stuff uh, that he does. So uh, I think this was playing at Beyond Fest, but I didn't get the chance to see it. But um, it looks really cool. I'm definitely down for this. Yeah, uh, Wood's got his creepy mustache for this one. Just yeah. uh, for the record, the little creepy, <laughs> creepy pervert mustache. Uh, next up, uh, we got a trailer for A twenty four Saint Maud, uh, which is about a very religious sort of nurse who looks after this uh, uh, sick woman, and she is disturbed <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh so I mean, I'll, I'll use the description here uh a chilling and bold original vision of faith madness and salvation in a fallen world in it mod a newly devout hospice nurse becomes obsessed with saving her dying patient's soul but sinister forces and her own sinful past threaten to put an end to her holy calling it, it looks like a, i mean this doesn't sound like much when you describe it but in this trailer, she eventually puts like a sort of sheet of na- like little pins going up the way into her shoe and walks outside with these shoes on. And I was like cringing the entire uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, this this is another one I, I thought looked really good. Uh, this is one of those rare weeks where <laughs> I thought like all the trailers were, uh, you know, pretty good or at the very least like interesting. Like, mm. um, you know, like I, I don't like, you know, the, the movies can still biff it. Like, you know, they can still uh you know not be great but at least these trailers are like okay this is cool interesting stuff um and uh it you know and it's funny i was, I was talking to someone um you know because of like star wars and, and stuff like just you know being very um you know down on like hollywood you know lately because just i don't know i feel like just so many stuff just feels generic and bland and soulless and everything. I, I, I agree. Like, I, I think mainstream Hollywood's in a real problem right now. I, I went on a rant yeah. the other week about how everything has to come back. Like every franchise has to keep coming back forever and everything's about nostalgia yeah. now and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a real problem. And I don't know. It's, I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man, but like it kind of like it annoys me that I feel like a lot of people like don't have a problem. <laughs> 
with it. Like people are just like, no, it's Star Wars, so it's cool. <laughs> like I don't, I don't care. I saw a lightsaber fight. It's cool, man. Like he's like, really? But don't you want stuff to be good and different? Uh, but the the point I'm getting at though, uh, and what kind of you know made me think of this because of the trailers we watched is, uh, that's one of the good things about being a horror fan is I feel like. Uh, you know, especially the last couple of years, but you know, I feel like just mm. most of the time in general, horror seems to usually have kind of a thriving, like independent and uh, foreign community. Where, uh, yes, there is, uh, you know, the fair share of, you know, uh, corporate shitty mainstream Hollywood movies, but um, there's all I feel like there's always like exciting, uh, you know, horror stuff to, you know, look forward to. So, yeah. Um this looked pretty slick and i think uh i think part of the reason why uh we do have such a thriving independent community for horror especially is because horror can be done really cheap like you can do effective True. horror on a small budget and obviously you'll get effective dramas once in a while you get the little low budget sci-fi that'll work quite well horror tends to work quite well cheap if anything sometimes it even works better when it's cheap versus expensive mm-hmm. i'm looking at you at chapter two <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so um i yeah i'm I'm into this trailer i i think um it has this kind of like unhingedness to it is this person like going kind of crazy and like is there something really happening or is it all just completely and like you get the feeling that she's almost been taunted by the her patient her patient who's kind of trying to provoke her into being less religious and try to make fun of her for being religious mm-hmm. like it feels like it's really going somewhere uh it was it was one of these movies is going to have like two great performances uh and then lots of really sort of like because because for the first half it's okay it's a little bit unhinged but is it really a horror movie but then you get to the point where she's putting like these these needles in her shoes and it's like yeah. oh my god it's body horror yeah. okay <laughs> so there you go uh that's uh saint mod and that is uh getting a limited theater release at the end of march but i don't Ooh. know that's probably going to just be certain markets and then uh we'll see probably be, this will probably be a vod one when we get to it review wise maybe but. uh maybe i'll go see it on my birthday yeah, happy birthday to me <laughs> happy birthday to tim yada 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 anyway so we've got the final trailer of the week is uh, called after midnight and the lawyers will be calling <laughs> that's all i'm saying be yeah, that's, that's, that's really funny I, I didn't even put that together the lawyers will be calling you <laughs> bastards uh, but yeah so we get a trailer for a film by jeremy gardner called after midnight um and this is uh so yeah i'll read the description first right and we can talk about the trailer uh so hank is a small town good old boy hunter about 10 years into a long-term relationship um he wakes up one morning and his partner abby has just gone just a very cryptic note left behind around the same time she leaves something starts coming out of the swamp at night and scratching at the door and trying to get in you don't know if he's losing his mind because he doesn't know where she is he doesn't know what this thing is people don't believe him so it's kind of a creature feature romance and this was a description from the director that's, that's why it sounded kind of it's only less produced and more stilted that's why because it was sort of him just answering it in an interview um but um i'm intrigued by this uh, it's a very psychological sounding premise and it's it looks like in the trailer there's a lot of flashbacks to when they're together and it looks like this this makes me think of midsummer in a way where it may be kind of an examination of like why the relationship fell mm-hmm. apart and what the breakup or what like what her leaving's doing to him and it's going to manifest as this horror like monster yeah. coming for him kind of thing that's, that's the impression i'm getting anyway uh, yeah definitely uh, i'm sorry 
How, how did you feel? I was just going to ask how you felt. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I thought this looked pretty good. Um, yeah, like, I, th- I think maybe this was uh, one that was, like, a little harder to tell exactly, like, what the story was. But, I mean, the kind of like the tone that they're setting um you know kind of has me intrigued and uh and i like the people in it um you have a uh, henry zabowski who's uh you know he's been in like you know stuff here and there but uh most people probably know him from the last podcast on the left which is, is an entertaining podcast and then um you know bria grant she's in a lot of uh horror stuff uh she's actually a. Uh, uh maybe uh, some some of an acquaintance of mine she's a friend of one of my friends but uh, i've been like at a few like get togethers uh, where she's been at so um I'll, I'll have to put that out there just so people don't think uh when we review it if i, I have any biases <laughs> or anything look at tim um, name dropping <laughs> i know this person i am in the business me and when i say no i I mean, I've seen her at a few things where I've been like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you said hello. Has, yeah, she has no idea who I am. But You said hello, uh, there's a restraining order, and that yeah. was the end of it. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, she she is uh, a very good actress, though, and uh, this looks good. And uh, I think, um, yeah, again, you know, uh, like I said, you know, all trailers, uh, you know, are not always indicative of the movies. They can still kind mm-hmm. of, you know, will fit in everything. But at, at the very least, uh, you know, I'm intrigued by it. I think it looks good. Here's, here's something that's interesting. And I can totally tell this from looking at it, actually, is this is produced by the same producer of Spring and The Endless. Uh, we actually just did that, The yeah, Endless yeah. on Ace because it's more of a sci-fi movie. And we did Spring and Screams a long time ago. Um, yeah. So and they're, they're both by the same pair of directors uh, who have, who actually got a new movie coming out next year, which I don't. I, I'll have to double check and see if it's more horror or sci-fi because it's one of those ones where it could veer slightly either way. But um, the, uh, the director as well also did a movie called The Battery, which is a movie that neither of us have seen, but we're it's both been on our radars to check it out yeah. at some point. Yeah, I, I really want to check it out. I've heard good things, and I didn't realize it was by the same people because I, I absolutely love Spring, and um, I. I think I watched the endless, but I I think I I don't remember if I finished it, which I, I don't necessarily think it you know uh, it was a bad movie. I think you know it's just one of those things yeah. where I put on and then something came up or whatever. But um, so I mean I think yeah. uh, well, I mean I think when this is if we're going to get to do this at some point, obviously this new movie uh, after mm-hmm. midnight, it makes sense that that may be a good time to do the battery beforehand to. Yeah. Uh, there's a good reason to do it since see, uh, sometimes with a lot of these movies from recent years once the year itself has passed and it's not a new movie anymore we have to find reasons to go back and do the other ones so uh yeah. that would be a good reason for it but uh cool. so i'm intrigued i'm intrigued again so i i know i kind of agree i think all three trailers were interesting if not good looking yeah um so that's good uh, and, and and there's always trailers for the record that I, I check out briefly and go now nah, this is just not interesting enough to talk about so you know that's what it is well, uh, well I mean obviously we're not talking about the, the big trailer this week but that's okay what's the big trailer I, this I, week well I tweeted it out on a, our uh, Twitter account so people can check it out there if they want to see it I didn't, I'm going to go check the Twitter right now I don't trust you <laughs> I don't trust you one bit. Hold on, go to streams after midnight. Let's have a have a scroll. All right, that's me posting the episode or the vote. Um, what the hell is this? I don't even see this gift for this woman with the owl, and she's like, "What is she drumming? What, what, what's happening?" Anyway, where is this trailer? I'm already back to 
<laughs> the weekend. Where did you post the trailer? I don't see it. Oh, just just before we recorded. Uh, Today? Yeah. The Let's last three years, you complain about me scheduling things. Hold on, let me let me check here. Have you not clicked send? Have you? Uh, did you did you type it out and? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't finish sending. It. <laughs> <laughs> right, click, see, click, click send. Right, this is great podcasting. This is this is what they all come for. <laughs> all right, your tweet was just sent. Okay. <laughs> Talking about this week's most exciting trailers. Okay, oh, I need to click on it. I, oh, I'm going to mute you for a second so I can see what it is. <laughs> right, Tim's muted. Don't don't don't, don't panic, guys. Don't panic. Tim is muted. You can't hear him. A Tim Berkeley's comedy. <laughs> Tim made a comic for his... Uh, sorry, a trailer for his comic book. <laughs> jeez. Mm. Jeez, 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 jeez. Um, all it's right. got the, the, the internet's a buzz. <laughs> People can't stop talking about it. Oh jeez. So yeah, that that's the news. We can we can move on. <laughs> back to back to the movie discussion that we've got this week. Uh, so hope you enjoy that. So we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers and we'll get into it. So the premise of this one is that a man named Harry is obsessed with Christmas. And he becomes so obsessed with Christmas that he decides to put on a Santa outfit and deliver toys to children around his neighborhood on Christmas Eve. But of course, there's also villainous characters who have been mean to him, and he may get a little bit stab-happy. <laughs> so, I'll leave it there for spoiler-free uh, for for now. Uh, we'll get into spoilers later, of course. Um, especially the opening. I want to talk about the opening, but I don't think we can talk about that until spoilers. <laughs> the opening's got a lot of interesting elements, shall we say. Uh, so, uh, Tim, I mean, we've seen this before, yeah. but uh, for, for the sake of the audience here, uh, do you enjoy Christmas Evil? Uh, I do enjoy it. Um, I I don't think I love it as much as as you do, or maybe as some other people do. Uh, I I've not I, said how I feel yet. Tim, don't you put <laughs> words in my mouth, you filthy bastard? Uh, I mean, you're dressed like the main character right now, but uh, <laughs> the I. What what I think we, we have here it's a it's a very interesting movie it's a like it has like a very sleazy feel to it which I like and uh yeah like the opening is really uh crazy and then the ending is like uh very uh weird and unexpected but like in a cool way uh, that I like uh, but then I do find the middle to be a little bit of a slog like um I think there's some cool stuff in it. um and you know it's not like painful to to get through or anything but like i do kind of feel myself starting to like lose a little bit of interest um in the middle uh parts of it so that's uh you know as opposed to something like uh you know your silent night deadly nights which is just kind of like i i I feel like crazy all the way through um but I, I, I mean, again, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm too harsh on it because I, I, I do in, enjoy this movie quite a bit. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily say like I love it. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I like it a lot. I, 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 I think um, you know when I first saw this, I was expecting it to be, 
you know, some sleazy little movie that probably has some charm, but is ultimately not that good. Whereas I actually think it actually is kind of a genuinely good movie uh, for what it's doing. Like, it, it's, it's creepy. It's got this unhinged main character who's got a very sort of grimy feel to him, but it's also really well directed and it never feels like it's, it's you know, it's, uh, you know, it feels like it's punching above its weight class, I guess is the best way to describe it. I will say there was a few things like I noticed on this watch that I actually thought were like le- legitimately disturbing and cool and like not in a, um, y- y- you know, like I, I think it's a movie that kind of gets lumped in with, you know, one being one of those like Silent Night, Deadly Nights where it's fun because it's like so cheesy and crazy, which I, I do agree with to an extent. But I do also feel like um, there is some stuff that is legitimately good. And, you know, we'll get to it in spoilers, but there was like a few scenes where I was like, oh, this is actually like cool <laughs> you know yeah. and not in a like yeah like there's, weird cheesy way <laughs> there's a, a genuine it, it definitely feels like the director uh here let me just uh, grab his name so that we're doing it, saying it right uh lewis jackson it definitely feels like the director here who also wrote the movie it feels like this was a bit of a passion project it feels like he really cares about this and it's just a you know this artistic you know exercise for him it's not just some schlocky little movie to make money necessarily and I, can, I think you can kind of feel that throughout the film. You know, it's not to say that everything about it, like there's no cheesy elements or there's nothing that kind of rings a bit, a bit dated or anything like that. But there, there's a, a really nice progression to the, the the story, and it's full of really sort of standout moments. And I like the performance from the lead. And like you say, the ending is batshit insane and <laughs> delightful. And I recommend not you know ruining it for yourself if if you're going to watch yeah. it. If you're going to, if you're going to stop this review. Before we get to spoilers, and you want to go watch the movie, do not look up the ending. Uh, if you have the Blu-ray, which I do, the uh, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, don't yeah. look at the scene selection because the scene selection oh, yeah. screen cap of the final one spoils the ending. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> just go in cold, not knowing where it's going, and it's you'll, you'll be delighted with that final 30 seconds, I guarantee you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think the lead, lead performance is good from yeah. from the actor. Yeah, he he plays like a very good like unhinged uh, character, and like, it kind of reminds me of like you know something you might see from like uh, I don't know like Maniac or Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer or something where um, you're not just seeing this character as like a, a boogeyman type you know um but you're actually spending time with them and seeing how they you know are spending their days and and stuff which uh you know which is always like an interesting concept and uh and it is actually surprisingly uh pretty well done here i think yeah i i think um you you have a character who well, he is unhinged. There is kind of a genuine sweetness to him because of the nature of how unhinged, you know, because of the whole Santa fantasy, and because you know he's yeah. literally keeping a naughty or nice list. He's spying on the neighborhood kids, and that's kind of creepy, obviously. But at the same time, there's this kind of weird sweetness to him when he he, he tries to give them advice or he tries to give them presents or stuff like it. Yeah. You know, there's there's an odd genuine quality to it, which obviously i think you know most of us see these days and go oh no you may be a pedophile like get my way but oh yeah <laughs> but like like it, it works in the movie for what it is and it feels genuine and you, you get a sense of who this character is and the, the slow build to what he becomes it's kind of the the weird christmas version of taxi driver <laughs> or, or something <laughs> like that <laughs> um you know whatever you want to end up calling it but 
yeah so i like that i like that i think some of the set pieces are really fun uh the the, the kills are good they're, they're kind of good in a really erratic way where the editing's very uh jumpy but it kind of does this thing where it feels really stark because of it where it'll cut to like someone and they already got their head bashed in or or something like that yeah you know it feels very like it feels like you're losing time in in, in the moments but it, it actually kind of works to its benefit uh, to give it this kind of weird feel to it yeah, yeah. There, there's like a little bit of a style to it. Like it's not just, you know, it doesn't really necessarily feel like generic or anything. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I, I think the movie. I mean, you mentioned it lulled a little bit for you in the middle. I think it actually is paced fairly well. It's only ninety five minutes. It's not like super long uh, by any means. And I, I felt I, I feel uh, like it. It's not like. Um... I I don't think it's like you know the the hardest movie to get through or anything, but I don't know. I I feel like maybe somewhere between like five or ten minutes probably could have been shaved off. Oh, maybe just, no, just I mean, my opinion. I'm not I'm not going to necessarily argue with that that much. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't really feel it too badly though. I I think that all the sections of the movie are distinct. Because you know because we have this sort of section sure. that's like a few months from Christmas, and then there's Thanksgiving sort of time, and then we get to Christmas Eve and. Although, and I feel like it nice and naturally kind of like builds up through all those sections and how it sort of shapes what he's going to do at Christmas uh, and how he just, you know, kind of breaks a little bit. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just fun to watch him kind of, you know. It, obviously, a lot of this is about repression and about what happened to him as a child because the opening scene <laughs> is with him as a child. We'll get to it in spoilers, but exactly what happens. But, like, he, he's very repressed. Anyth- anytime anything comes up, uh, that's sexual for example he <laughs> he really gets uncomfortable and doesn't like it and it becomes a a bit of a running thing as to what he what he really targets uh he also you know a- any talk about santa not being real any any sort of lack of care because he works at a toy factory he works like a, a a toy assembly line although he's been promoted to like a manager and he hates it because he's not on the line anymore actually touching the toys <laughs> but yeah. uh you know he he's even involved so when anytime any of the workers like doesn't seem to care about the quality of the toys doesn't care about the children he gets very upset and he's like no no no, <laughs> this is the most important thing you have to care about the children you have to care about the christmas yeah and so on so <laughs> yeah uh, it is kind of interesting how they take like the you know, someone that would be obsessed with Santa and like living that out in real life, like to kind of the logical conclusions, like, uh, yeah, working in a toy factory and, um, yeah, like I, I like when you see him like actually like keeping, you know, his own like naughty and nice lists, like, yeah, all that stuff is like really interesting to see how it would, you know, come out like in the real world. Hmm. Or even doubt the fact that when he's actually delivering presents, he's having to break into houses to do. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's just a, he's having to sneak. He knows that he'll, he'll, if he's caught, it'll be seen as a bad thing. But he's doing it anyway because he thinks it's the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah, uh, I almost, yeah. I'm almost sad that there's not a scene where like the parents get up in Christmas morning and there's all these extra presents and they're like, "We didn't buy those. Where'd those yeah. come from?" <laughs> yeah, that actually would be kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the parents like be freaked out and. Um, and, uh, and again, it's, uh, it's cool too, whenever they have scenes like with kids involved because, uh, yeah, like the kids are always, you know, like on Santa's side and stuff. So it is funny yeah. to see like, yeah, that, um, uh, the juxtaposition between that and the parents who are like very rightfully like freaked out. Yeah. There's, there's some good scenes with kids. Yeah. 
so I will give the uh, the spoiler warning so we can so we can dive into the insanity. So full spoilers for Christmas Evil, aka you better watch out. So the movie begins. Are you gonna thank any Patreon people or? Okay, I'll do. Okay, I, I thought it was a bit early in the show for that, but you know okay, what? Tim, right, no, right. no, Tim wants it. Tim wants it just now, so I'll do it just now. So thank you to our Patreon producers for the month of December: David Short, Alison M. Four Days, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Those are our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, that means that they are uh, patrons at the twenty dollar or above tiers, and you can do the same over at Patreon.com/slash/MailFestTV. But of course, you don't have to give that much. You can give as little as one dollar per month, and you get an exclusive bonus episode every month uh, for that one dollar. And then at the five dollar tier, you get voting rates other things so uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested uh this month's bonus movie is indeed a christmas movie and may even be up by the time this one's up for everyone so uh go and uh have a look and there's a back catalog of bonus movies now to to get access yeah. to we're ba- it's basically our own netflix we're basically it's male fuzz netflix you get all these streams <laughs> episodes that are exclusive yeah. You know, it makes uh, it makes that perfect Christmas gift. Uh, we, we don't know what to get someone. Say, hey, you know, I, I signed you up uh, for a thing. You probably don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. here you go, and never cancel. Yes, never cancel. Yes, um, increase the amount perhaps, but never cancel. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic idea. Uh, so yeah, Patreon.com/slash/MailFestTV. If you want to support everything we do and keep all the content coming, we love you loads. Thank you. And- We'll continue. All right, so uh, Christmas Evil opens with a flashback. Immediately, there's no like logo or anything like that for the movie. It just goes straight to like, oh, it's, it's Christmas 1948 or whatever it is uh, mm-hmm. at this house. And we got young Harry and his, his brother Philip. And they are on the, the stairs with their mum watching Santa arrive. And like, this is the thing. So Santa is the, the, the dad, obviously. That's the whole point of this. But like... They actually have like this weird effect where Santa like comes down the chimney and then like goes back up it again, and it's this little it's like a little sound effect. It was like, whoop, and I'm like, they went to a lot of effort to convince yeah. their kids that this was Santa. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> that's a little much. Um, I I never had my parents dress up as uh, Santa or anything, but um, I do remember before. Uh, I, I'm assuming it was probably my mom uh, put like fake uh like a reindeer hoof print <laughs> like through our house uh, so she she was like oh like oh look the you know reindeer must have came last night and then i think maybe and, she had like some chewed uh, up carrots or something outside like oh <laughs> of course detective timmy would say but why were the reindeer in the house mom that makes no sense <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I was thinking that far ahead. I'd just be back, like, whoa, back cool. to the Back to the drawing board with you, yeah. wench. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to give me this ruse, yeah. then do it properly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I was that uh, discerning of, of a child, but... <laughs> you, were, you were an idiot child, is what you're telling me. Tim was an idiot child, okay. We've learned that today. I mean... I don't know, I was like four or five. It's, 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 it's not like I was like 15. Idiot. Childs. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry that I had some, uh, some magic <laughs> growing up as, about, <laughs> as opposed to you and your family that just exchanged beige wrapped Christmas presents. <laughs> oh, I was wearing the Christmas as a kid. What are you talking about, Tim? <laughs> sure. I used to love waking up and just seeing the couch covered in presents, like the entire couch in the living room. Just what freaks put presents on the couch? Well, there was, some, there was some under the tree, but like, there were so many that it would just cover the entire couch. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> I was spoiled. I was an only child, all right? I was spoiled. <laughs> what do you want for me? Uh, so, but of course, they go back upstairs, and there's a little moment where Santa winks at them, and he, you know, he eats the, the, like, bread they've left out. Like, who leaves out bread for yeah. Santa? Like, I, yeah, like, <laughs> maybe like, in the UK, it's maybe, like, yeah. little pies you leave out for him with a glass of milk. I don't know. It's usually cookies. Yeah, here, cookies, are, yeah. States. But um, this is but this is basically foreshadowing for what's about to happen, though. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, <laughs> He's about to eat something else. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he winks at the kids and he goes back up the chimney. Uh, the kids go to bed and they're kind of arguing. The younger brother Phillips like, "Ah, oh, there's no such thing. I was that was just dad. There's no such thing." He's like, "No, it wasn't. Santa's real." And Harry really wants to believe. So Harry sneaks back downstairs. And he looks through the, the, the stair railings again and he sees Santa crouched down and his mum is like sort of standing there looking all, you know, sensual. And she's got like her leg out, like her, her evening gown is kind of like open and her legs out and the stockings like there and Santa's kind of like yeah. caressing the leg. And he's, you know, it's like, you never see him go downtown, but it's implied <laughs> that that's what's about yeah. to happen. He's, he's, he's going in for a, a dose of his Christmas dinner is what we're saying. <laughs> uh it's uh it's it's so bizarre like i just uh like i can't like i don't know i, I mean if you're into santa that's fine but i i just feel like at that point you'd be like all right like uh come on man like lose the <laughs> the beard and the get up and and maybe let's go back to the bedroom <laughs> like we, we don't need to do this here but no nah, she's it, it is... no no she's got a santa fetish she's into the santa she's like monica from friends she's got the santa oh, yeah. fetish she wants a bit of the uh the old uh candy cane and her and her i'll try to have a christmas seed stocking i don't know <laughs> 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 the, it doesn't sound great but the the old candy cane in her fireplace i don't know that's not a go. good that's not a good euphemism for for um, vagina <laughs> this christmas related yeah uh no it's very funny and then it's uh i and it's funny in general that they're doing this and then but also just i love that it freaks the kid out like so much like i feel like if i was that kid i would just be confused i'd be like what is going on <laughs> like this it like ruins his life <laughs> I, I i almost think there's lots of ways to tell us there's the comedy version where the, the son just gets like offended that her mom's cheating on, her, on his dad so True, yeah. he just gets up and slaps and goes what are you doing you slut yeah <laughs> how dare you <laughs> you're cheating or, on my father <laughs> or like the, the next day where he has like a solemn conversation with his father like dad i have to tell yeah. you something i don't know how you're gonna take this <laughs> yeah i saw mom with another man last night he had a great yeah. big white bushy beard <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, it, like it emotionally scars him. And like, yeah, the next scene is him like cutting himself. Yeah, he, he runs up to like the attic or whatever it is, and he smashes a snow globe, and he cuts himself with the glass, and then the blood like lands in the little like house that was inside the snow globe. So you see like, the, the the red blood hit the white snow covered house. And and it's like this is the thing with the movie where it's like if you describe it, it does sound like very cheesy. It's like, uh, this kid saw like Santa going down on his mom. So he goes upstairs and like cuts himself with a snow globe. Like that does sound like pretty wild, but when you watch it, it does actually like work. I like, mean, I think weird, that, but like, it looks, does look cool. I think, I think I mean, at this point in the movie's not kind of won you over into, you know, into it actually being a well-directed movie. It, sure. It's definitely taken very seriously. 
I think you're still sort of thinking this movie is just going to be one of these crazy movies with this absurd premise, right? But I think yeah. once you get to the point after this where he's having like these like quick one second flashbacks to it, like he's he's actually kind of like remembering like Santa touching his mom and he's having this violent little flashback, it kind of like starts to work really well. Um, but yeah, so that's did, the, the uh, opening. Now, did you ever, did you ever have like? Uh, a specific moment when you realized Santa wasn't real? Like, did someone ever tell you that? Or did you kind of uh, just... I don't think so. I don't think it was a specific moment. I think there was just some sometime around the age of eight. It kind of... Yeah. yeah, like, I, I don't think anyone ever, like, specifically told me or something. I, I think it just... At some point, you just realize, like, oh, yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think at the point where I could extort my parents for more presents was the was the yeah. <laughs> you know there was there was more strategy in admitting Santa wasn't real. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, the, like the movie begins after this scene, of course, with uh, Harry in present day nineteen eighty waking up, and he's got like a Santa hat. He's got Santa pajamas on. He wakes up with Santa decorations everywhere. <laughs> And then you see on the calendar, it's like like three months to Christmas. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's like, I'll just, isn't isn't it weird though? Like, sorry, like, just go back like a bit. Like sure. the like <laughs> obviously this makes sense for the movie that like you know it, it's a perfectly fine timeline, but like watching it now, it feels like so uh, old when it like starts off in like 1947 or eight or whatever. Like it, you know, it's it, it makes sense. Like if you're seeing it in 1980 at the time or whatever, that's like, oh yeah, that would have been when, uh, yeah, you know, that person was like a little kid or whatever. But now it just like feels so old. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's one of those things where you, when you, you're like, oh, that feels ancient, and I'm like, no, it actually yeah. lines up because it's almost it's almost 1950. It's 30 yeah. years later. <laughs> the guy's in his 40s. Yeah, but it it lines up. Like it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But of course, he's a he's an ancient man now. He's if he's still alive, the actor's going to be a really old man. Because oh yeah, yeah, that's the way it is. He's like I don't know Harrison Ford age, I guess would be <laughs> my guess. Uh, but no, so he, the old joke is, is that he wakes up and he's got, everything's decorated for Christmas, but it's not actually even close to Christmas time. Of course, as the years have went on, this has become closer and closer to reality for many people. <laughs> so, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, the, you know Christmas decorations going up earlier every year and whatever else but uh so so uh yeah so we find out what's at the toy factory and we also find out he's keeping a not your nice list he's got binoculars and he's watching the, the the local kids and he's like oh little susie's good she's playing with the doll that's nice oh little tommy's taking out the garbage for his parents oh little sammy he's got a penthouse sammy <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, it's like a lot of like weird like porn stuff. Like I, I think it was like a later scene where like some kid they're saying what they want for Christmas. And I think some kid asked for like a same kid. I think uh, uh, that makes sense. Then yeah, yes yeah. for like a subscription to. I forget if it's penthouse or something else, but yeah, no, because uh, he's walking funny. back and he must have a thing with them where he jokes about wishing for things every day. And they they're like, hey, what do you wish for? And he wished I can't remember what Harry says, but he says, oh, what do you wish for, kids? And like one's like, oh, I wished. Uh, uh, for for control over school, so I could you know give everyone a day off whenever I want, and he's like, oh that's sweet, and you know someone else, and then the the last kid's like, oh what are your subscription to penthouse? And he's like, oh. and does this look close up and like Harry's eyes? Is this like you know psychotic close up of his eyes? Like, <laughs> like he's ready to kill. That this kid's not long for this world, uh, and he actually because he goes by at the kid's house like the night like later that night, and he 
like puts mud on his face in his hands and then presses his face and hands against the, the house to like almost as, as like a warning like no this house is not to get presents this is like this is the the marked house yeah kind of thing. <laughs> i thought it, i thought it was going to look i mean obviously this is pre-predator but i was it was making me think of predators like, what you're going to fake the predator you're putting mud all over your face and body like to hide your heat signature what's going on i feel bad for this kid not only does he have to deal with a crazy santa but his mom isn't too nice either <laughs> yeah he's like oh there was something because he because he like scares him he, like, he jumps out of the bushes at him and he, the kid tries to tell his mom he's like oh there was a monster in the bushes and she's like ah oh, shut up <laughs> shut up she get the car big slap <laughs> yeah uh so no but we, we, we see that he's picked on at work like the other guys take advantage of him one guy tricks him into working his shift because he claims he has to go on holiday like early because his wife wants to leave the night before they were supposed to have the, the, his first day off and he does it for him, but when he's on his way home after working this guy's shift, he sees him in the bar, j- joking with his friends. Oh, I made that schmuck work my shift. Yeah. You're shaking your head there, Timmy. You, did, did this affect you? Did this hurt you? Uh, it, it did hurt me. I, as as a person that has uh, taken other people's shifts before, I could uh, I can relate to this. <laughs> oh, oh. Did you find out you were tricked? No, it was always for legitimate reasons, but still. <laughs> You still hate them for it deep down inside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be pissing your eggnog this Christmas. That's what Tim was thinking on that snowy day in 2009. (laughs) Sure. Sounds right. Oh, dear. Um, You know, we find out his brother's got a wife and kids. You know, uh, Philip is married. He's got two kids. And they want him over for Thanksgiving, and he says, "Nope, I've got plans." And you know, he's just sitting there, and it's this is like he's watching the Thanksgiving Day parade, and he like he, he perks up when Santa shows up, and when the big Santa float comes out, he's like, "Ah, oh, this is a, this is time." And he's like, he's, he's being he's becoming more and more disconnected with reality and the people that he's supposed to see, and you know, Philip's like, "Ah, oh, come on, Harry," like you know, uh, and I think actually the first time we see him, uh, see Philip and his wife is actually Harry's watching them through uh, the window. He actually spies on them. And we see them kind of have sex, or still start to have sex, <laughs> uh, after they put the kids to bed. They're kind of like, you know, making out on the couch. And, you know, again, it's, it's, like, it's like Harry sees Philip as like, oh, you're just like everyone else. You know, you're, you're you know, he's like, he's like a demented person wanting to hold on to childhood um, in all the wrong ways, which makes him violent. So, yeah. basically... Uh, by the time the Christmas lights are being turned on at the start of December or or next day after Thanksgiving or whatever it is, um, he's basically decided he's going to be Santa Claus, and he starts making his Santa outfit and his beard, and he does a bit of bit of sewing, bit of, bit of, you know, uh, <laughs> costume crafting, if you will. Sure. And makes tailoring, his I guess. tailoring, yes, he makes his Santa Cost outfit. Um, and you know, this is where obviously where the movie really kind of picks up as we get to Christmas Eve. And he begins to go around and he, he steals presents from everywhere. Because it's actually, it's the party uh, that he's at for his work where there's like a, a commercial on the, the, the company's doing this thing where they're, they're donating toys to a children's hospital. And, you know, Harry's obviously happy about this. And like he's talking to the executives and he's like, hey, um, you know, do we know like how many, like if there's enough toys for all the children? And the guy, the, the young sort of executive, the young hotshot is kind of like, oh, I don't even know how many kids there are at the hospital. But, you know, I, I, I did the presentation of the campaign and, you know, I think it's a great idea. And like, you know, they're all, they're all going on. Um, and he just he gets storms out. He's, he's upset. He's angry. And that's kind of what inspires him to really sort of go into this. But he steals all these toys from his work. And he the first thing he does is he goes to the children's hospital 
Actually, that's not the first. I think it goes to a house first. It goes to like one random house first. Maybe. <laughs> he does. I forget. They, yeah, this little section kind of blurs together. Yeah. But, but he, goes, he goes to the orphanage or the, the children's hospital and he almost gets into a, a fight with a security guard. This, this 80-year-old security guard uh, <laughs> who almost pulls his gun on him. He's like, I've got presents for the children. Uh, all you have to say is Merry Christmas. And the security guard's like, oh, well, don't come inside, but I'll go get some some staff or something. And they come outside and he opens his van, which that's the other thing. He's painted a, a sleigh on the side oh, yeah. of his van. That's that's his Santa sleigh is his van. So he's, yeah. he's painted it up for Christmas. And he opens his van and there's just presents for everyone. And all, all the employees take them in, sort of in handfuls. And it's, it, this is almost like what he imagined his, like, his little goal, his little attempt of doing this to be. Because as, yeah, he's, I, as he's leaving, they're all waving, going, thanks, Santa. Bye, Santa Claus. They're all happy. This is all the adults. This isn't, this isn't the kids. This is the, the staff at the hospital, like, kind of, like, cheering them on and saying, oh, thank you for donating all these presents, Santa. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and what's kind of funny is, like, he could have ended his night here, and, like, mm-hmm. we, we wouldn't have had a horror movie. We would have had, like, a, you know, uh, a little weird movie, but, you know, it, it would have been kind of a sweet tale, but... This guy who kind of yeah gets to be Santa for a little bit, but uh, like obviously it, it goes on from there. But it is mm-hmm. kind of interesting to have a horror movie where like your you know main bad guy I suppose like is you know actually does some good. In it. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a mix of uh, people doing or him doing good in this movie because but then he goes to the church service comes out. Um, which by the way, the timeline of this night is kind of weird because the first house he goes to everyone's already asleep. And he's putting out presents, but then there's the trust services coming out, which maybe is the midnight service, I suppose, if you want to, you know, really stretch it. Uh, and or or and you know, and then, but then after that, he goes to a, a party, and then he goes to another house. Like there's a whole sequence yeah. of events here, and I'm like, what time is it? By the time he's done all this, like, <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird. But uh, uh, coming out of the the, the church, the, the big the big uh, cathedral, and I I think it's like his boss who's there that he's he's actually targeting. But there's these yuppies at the front who come up and say, oh, here's Santa. Uh, is this your new sleigh, the van? And they start making fun yeah. of him and all the rest of it. And when they start picking on him, he t- he pulls out a candy cane. <laughs> oh, no, it's a, no it's, a to- it's a toy soldier. That's got a real sort of sword. I mean, it's a little sword, obviously. So there's this little metal blade coming out of this toy soldier as if it's a sword. And he sticks it in the guy's eye. And then he, he keeps pulling other presents from his, his sack and, like, stabs other people with them. He kills three people as, like, 30 people on the stairs watch this happen. <laughs> and he gets away. You think, maybe you could rush him, you know? Maybe everyone yeah. who's standing there, you know? I, I, like, obviously, like, some people are probably going to be in shock. Like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you think there would be enough people to uh, take him down. But, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but it, this is shot kind of cool actually because the way it sort of cuts between him stabbing the, the three victims is very kind of abstract and you see like you know slices and you see like you know close-ups of like the eyes being stabbed and things like that but it's never yeah. like a clear view of it and then so when he leaves and you see like three people lying there dead you didn't actually know how many people he stabbed before that like you, you know you were kind of confused and in the moment which i guess maybe puts you in the mindset of the people watching maybe it, like it puts you in the same place where you're kind of in shock and you don't really true. get a yeah. clear view of what's happening it's all kind of a rush yeah, and I like like the the music and the sound effects that you know accompany accompany it. Like it's uh, you know, there'll be like these kind of like sudden stings, and then um, yeah, like a lot of times like you'll focus on just the weapon. It'll just be kind of like a stark black screen, and uh, yeah, it does like look kind of cool. 
Yeah, uh, and like I said, he goes to a Christmas party. Uh, he doesn't intend to. He's sort of watching it from the outside. And two guys kind of notice him and drag him in. One of whom I'm pretty sure is a younger Victor Salamanca from uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, I felt like that was him. In fact, I'm almost wanting to check. Let's, let's, let's confirm this. Um, I'd probably be quicker going to the actor since I know him. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know him, know him. Um, <laughs> Are you not friends with him? I'm not friends with him, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, it is him. He's there. He's, he's credited as man number two. Cool. <laughs> Mark Magolis. He, I think people knew him from the first of Ace Ventura first, but nowadays he's known for uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was in Requiem for a Dream as well. And Scarface even. So he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm sure this was his favourite. Oh, sure, yeah, dragging this random Santa dude into a party. Yeah, I'm sure this is the, 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 the career of his life. Uh, but yeah, it's, and while he's in the party, he dances with people, he has a good time, and the kids all seem to like him. He has one awkward moment where he kind of threatens that if they're naughty, he'll give them something bad, they'll give them nightmares, but oh, other than that, like, you know, everyone kind of cheers him on. He's like, I have to go, I've got more deliveries to make, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So it's a fun fun sequence, and then he goes to the, the, the employee who, you know, tricked him into working his shift, who's been mean to him all movie. He goes to his house, gives presents to the kids. Uh, the kids kind of see him, and he kind of gives him a little shh, you know, wink, wink. And then he goes into the bedroom where the guy and his wife are sleeping. And they've got like a little mini Christmas tree above their bed, which is relevant because <laughs> it's going to be used in a minute. Uh, but the guy wakes up, sort of recognizes him, even with the beard and that on, and Harry just tries to suffocate suffocate him with his, uh, his sack of presents, basically. He tries to suffocate him with that. It's not quite working, though. So he eventually grabs the star off the tree, the top of the tree, and slices his throat <laughs> with the star. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful uh, yeah, as, a this, de- as a death. Yeah, this is, like, a really good kill, and, like, I think it's actually like really freaky uh that he's doing this with his like wife like right next to him in bed yeah sleeping and, and then she she wakes up when he lands on top of her but she's in shock to say anything and then the kids see santa leaving and they're all happy to see him and they're sort of like waving goodbye and then you hear the mom scream because the kids are like right next door it does have like a creepy vibe the whole thing has a really uncomfortable feel to it yeah yeah i really like uh and, and again i can't really think of i mean i don't think that's never been done before but i can't really think of too many other examples where uh yeah like you know his wife wakes up and you know she sees her husband and then like she does like these a couple of like silent screams like she's in so much shock she can't actually make sounds for a bit so you kind of see her like opening her mouth and screaming but nothing's coming out and i I just think it's such a really powerful like image and uh yeah it's a cool thing i feel you don't see a lot and then yeah like you said you know he comes out and the kids see him but then you actually hear the uh you know the wife scream at yeah you know, at that point and uh yeah it's really cool i think it nearly sums up the the core kind of conflict in his and himself for the whole movie and that he's got these really noble intentions of giving presents to kids but he's also got this dark side that's come from it yeah and this scene kind of shows all aspects of that you know it's like oh nice things for the kids then the murder but the kids are right next door while the, while the two overlap while, while they clash while he realized the horror that he's created um yeah. you know this and it and it gets like very like animated like when like the bad stuff does happen and he has to run away he he has like a very kind of like maybe almost like cartoon or child like kind of way of running like it seems like a you know a lot more frantic than when he's 
yeah, just pretending to be Santa and being nice or whatever. Yeah, um, and then he gets away with it, and obviously the cops have been there for the first like set of murders, and then they they find this this murder too, and there's the cracking jokes about the naughty and nice list and all the rest of it, and the, you know, there's like a Santa lineup at one point. We see like, all these Santas being like you know, uh, put put in the lineup for for the the, the, the witnesses and all that. Uh, it's just kind of chuckle worldly. And then it's Christmas Day, like, he wakes up, and he's still dressed as... He wakes up in his van, actually, and kind of uh, come, comes out of the van. But when, when his brother wakes up, you know, Phillips, uh, with his wife, they're watching the news on Christmas morning, and there's news of, uh, like, a murder, you know, Santa Claus has been murdering people, so if you see anyone dressed as Santa, I don't trust them, kind of thing. And he's kind of, like, you know, really concerned about this, and he's listening to it, as if he almost suspects that it could be his brother. Like, he's like, this sounds like yeah. the sort of thing my crazy brother would do. Um, and he tries phoning his brother, and eventually they do talk over the phone, and his, you know, Harry just keeps talking about how, oh, I finally found the missing notes to my tune. The tune uh, that everyone can <laughs> sing to and dance to. Like, it's, it's not maybe perfect, but it's my tune, and it's what it works. You know, he keeps referring <laughs> to, like, finally realizing that he should be Santa Claus is, yeah. like, his thing. And, you know, Phil's very worried about him, um, but Harry's not, like, saying he's going, he's not coming over for Christmas or whatever, he's not, you know, or maybe he will, but he's not, like, really, he's just speaking complete crazy talk. And he eventually goes out again, and he goes to this neighbourhood, which has a really, really stylish, like, entrance to the street where, like, there's tons of reindeer, like, ornaments, these light, light, oh, yeah. light up <laughs> reindeer all around the sort of, the, the turn into the street. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I thought it was a bit over the top, but yeah. Um, and he, he he's in a, like a, a sort of like alleyway and like where the fire escapes of this building are. And these kids come running around the corner and they see him and they're like, oh, Santa, Santa, Santa. And they all sort of surround him. And then their parents, who are obviously walking just behind him, come around the corner and they're like, it's him. It's the Santa killer. And like the one dad's like really angry. And, you know, Harry takes out presents from his sack and gives them to the kids. He's like, oh, I think I've got some extra presents I can give out on Christmas Day. And, like, the dad comes in with a switchblade. He's like, he wants to come in and, like, try and, like, take his kids from him. And the kids surround him and try to defend him. And, yeah. uh, like, then, like, you know, the kids, like, knock over the... Or does Harry knock over the dad? I don't know. The dad falls over and he drops his knife. He drops his knife and his own little... His little girl, his daughter picks up the knife and I actually I'd forgotten this scene to a point and I was like did she stab her own dad for Santa I can't, I can't remember and she actually doesn't she she turns around and she says no I'm not giving you the knife dad and she she runs and mm-hmm. gives it to Santa and of course when Santa runs out the scene uh, I say Santa Harry when he runs yeah. out the scene he like kind of like stabs him in the shoulder uh, one of the mums like slashes at his face but he, he maybe stabs her as well but it's a, I think what I like about this scene is it's very awkward and the, on his way out of the scene he kind of could have just avoided everyone and run somewhere else, but he kind of runs past everyone and kind of like awkwardly stumbles through them, and it's just it's got like a weird feel to it because of that. Yeah, uh, like again, uh, I think you can kind of feel him starting to become like more erratic. Like, um, it, you know, like it seems like maybe he had more of a plan last night, and then like as things get more and more out of control, uh, he seems to kind of be like losing his composure. But it is a pretty cool scene, like the. Uh, there is some legitimate tension as the you know kids uh, surround Santa and like you know take his side versus you know the parents. It's like oh, this is uh, actually pretty tense. Yeah, um, it's a fun little sequence because the kids are trying to defend Santa because it's Santa and they don't understand that he's dangerous. But the parents are all terrified. Like it really kind of sums up yeah. um, kind of the perversion of like what he's done to it. 
so he runs away this crowd start an angry mob and this is like maybe one of the, <laughs> the, the things i have to kind of complain about is i don't understand why this angry mob use torches <laughs> like it's a frankenstein movie like it's 1980 not 1880 what <laughs> <clears throat> you know it, it's it's just crazy enough that it kind of works for me <laughs> like, sure yeah it, it, it is bizarre but i think at, at this point the ending is and then with with what you know is about to come uh i can i kind of accept this craziness and uh again similar to when he's like killing people with like the weapons and stuff it, it it's kind of a cool scene how you see like the torches come up because like again it's like a you kind of just see like the focus on them as they like you know light up and it's just this like really dark background uh and uh yeah it, it is kind of cool but <laughs> again it, it is totally weird though like yeah the, the chase after him he just gets back to his van in time and he drives off but they're still kind of looking for him um and he drives to his brothers he drives to philip he's there in the santa suit and as soon as as soon as philip sees him he's like i knew it was you i knew you're him how many people have you killed harry and he makes the kids go upstairs with the wife and like he ends up trying to strangle Harry. He's like, "Harry, you're blaming me for something I said when I was six years old." And <laughs> I, I almost wonder if, like, I mean, I, I don't know if this was like a serious attempt to kind of like paint Harry as like a sort of sympathetic uh, character. But part part of me does kind of feel like the the way this movie goes that he's very misunderstood. You know, if I, if I compare it to Frankenstein, right, the idea of Frankenstein's monster is just this character who doesn't really know what he's doing. He's never never been taught right from wrong. He's clearly not you know like but everyone treats him like he's a complete monster and they hunt him and kill him because they don't understand him right no one tries to actually understand and help him and i almost feel totally. like not in the best way but i do wonder almost if this is like you know harry is mentally ill and he's never really been you know diagnosed or cared about his own brother just kind of gets angry at him and even though he suspects that he can be dangerous like it doesn't seem like there's been any attempt to ever actually address it or actually you know take him to therapy or or get you know take him to a doctor you know whatever um I, I don't know how seriously the film is trying to tackle that if at all but i i couldn't help sure. but feel like yeah there is kind of an element of this of like everyone just not mis everyone misunderstanding him and it kind of created yeah. this monstrous version of you know what he was because of it oh no totally yeah like the i i do feel like he has, he has to have some type of like you know illness or, or something that's wrong with him and um yeah, I mean, I don't know necessarily if it's the movie's intentions to illustrate that or make some type of commentary on that. Um, I mean, if so, they probably aren't doing the best job because kind of vague and stuff. But I mean, it's. Uh, um, and yeah, and who knows what the ending's saying if that's what uh, that's if that's what the movie's <laughs> that's doing. That's true too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he thinks so. Philip thinks he's actually strangled Harry to death, and he takes him outside and puts him in his van. But then Harry wakes up and he drives off and Philip's like, no, Harry, come back. And he chases after him. So he's running after the van. The angry mob's kind of running around at this point as well. And this is where we get to the end of the movie. So Harry's, uh, you know, in the van, driving away, sort of speeding around. Philip's chasing him. And Philip, you know, sort of like as he goes around the corner, Philip like falls down like a sort of uh, like hill. And it was this was actually like a really uh, bad moment from, a, from a, just a filmmaking perspective just because you could tell that a lot of the snow here in this little hill was actually like fabric because it kind of like yeah. pulled and you know like <laughs> you know it, it looked like it was going down a sheet as opposed to actual snow yeah. <laughs> um harry in the van drives through a fence and goes off essentially a pier <laughs> and despite this movie having nothing supernatural or anything <laughs> you know actually magical throughout the whole thing yeah the van does not crash into the water 
the van flies and flies up into the sky <laughs> and he says you know and to all a good night as the, the the van flies past the moon and then it goes to credits <laughs> and you know what, what in the one sense you could say oh maybe this is just not really happy this is all in harry's mind but philip does look up at it <laughs> as, as yeah. if he is flying through the air <laughs> yeah so uh yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, I remember the first time seeing this, and it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> do, do you know what makes it, it so effective? Is it's such a snipe? Like it just it happens so quickly, and as soon as you're just starting to get over get into the shock of what's happening, it just cuts to credits. It's like it's over. What? 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 Yeah. what? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I kind of admire the the boldness of it to <laughs> yeah, just have this like crazy thing, and then and again, like you know. Uh, like uh, to me it does appear like this is actually happening but i mean yeah i mean you can kind of you know probably make some things to be like oh yeah it was in his head or whatever but yeah like you said then why is his brother <laughs> like looking up at it i mean obviously uh, the the brother seeing it is kind of like oh the brother you know because he 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 said that there was no real santa and no magic when he was a kid hmm. that he's seen that magic is possible because he's seen his brother fly through the air but like it's not like this can just be a happy story because his brother did kill yeah. like several people <laughs> uh so yeah it's kind of like if i don't know he's becoming santa or anything it's like well like yeah wasn't santa santa because he was like a saint (laughs) or or whatever like this guy doesn't seem very saintly like uh, i think (laughs) yeah I, i think he's becoming santa and it's maybe telling us that santa was always a bit unhinged and santa was always a bit of a a creepo Oh, maybe. <laughs> uh, that's that's maybe what it's telling us. I don't know. Uh, like you know, all, all of my because this is a you know a film with a sort of a, a, an unhinged character going further down the deep end based on this 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 memory of seeing Santa and his mother uh, getting it on, and that leads to everything that he goes through. He's he's got a really repressed attitude <laughs> when it comes towards anything sexual, and you know, growing up and like leaving his childhood behind. Uh, but the end of the movie is basically saying that no, he 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 worked at it so hard, he believed in magic real enough that the magic is real, and he is <laughs> he has become Santa. And you know what's like so funny about it too is it 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 does feel like it works a lot better this way versus where like if you saw at the start of the movie that he was developing like Santa powers. Or oh whatever, sure, yeah. Like it it would oh, yeah. not be as interesting, but the fact that it comes out of nowhere. And then, like, yeah, like you said, it just ends. The shock, the shock point. is what makes it work. Because I mean, just yeah. just imagine if this movie ended with him like going off the the railing and going into the water and drowning, and that was the end of the movie. It was just this tragedy of this character who who died. This ending gives. I mean, I think the movie's pretty solid anyway. But like, this ending is what makes it memorable. This ending is what makes everyone go, oh, "You need to see Christmas <laughs> Evil," because the ending is batshit. <laughs> And you won't see it coming. No one sees it coming. No, no one will ever guess. Yeah. Oh, he just starts flying. Yeah. <laughs> the van starts flying as if it is, actually is Santa's sleigh. <laughs> yeah, and like uh, yeah, especially because like you don't want to like it, it feels very against like movie logic to reward the person <laughs> that's been doing like all the wrong things like throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Like you know, <laughs> it's like oh uh, yeah, the, you don't want to the person that's like crazy and unhinged and killing people like you don't want to give him what he wants but it's like oh he gets what he wanted like the whole time really yeah yep <laughs> uh so i don't know i i feel i feel like we could get like 10 psychologists in a room to try and deconstruct this uh sure. <laughs> this movie and 
you know, tell tell us what the ending is getting at. I should listen to there's like three audio commentary tracks on the Blu-ray. I should listen to them. I should listen to the director talk about it and see, see what yeah. he says. Yeah, I watched it late last night, so I didn't really have time to go too much into the special features. I, I think I have the same uh, Vinegar Syndrome copy of it uh, as you do, but uh, yeah, I was kind of interested to like uh, maybe check some stuff out later. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting film. I think if nothing else, it's one of the more memorable Christmas horror movies you could watch. Um, as it is fun, is Silent Deadline? No, probably not, but I think it's maybe the better movie of the two because it actually is better directed. It is kind of funny because when I think of uh, like Christmas horror movies, <clears throat> I think of the you know big three, um, you know Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Christmas Evil. And uh, you know I feel like Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night are two very opposite ends of the spectrum, where you have uh, you know one very legitimately good movie and one uh, very bad movie, but it's so bad that it's fun. And I think Christmas Evil is kind of a nice like. Uh, like in between of those two where uh, you know there are the parts that are crazy <laughs> that's like you know pretty fun but mm-hmm. then there are also parts that are like oh like this is actually like legitimately good <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well every year we, we do a few more and we see if there's any more uh, crazy ones at the bottom of the barrel I, I think you've, <laughs> you've left out Jack Frost here as far as uh, the big three are concerned. Oh, How dare you? Of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah, the uh, the, the yeah forerunner to those. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, so, I guess, I guess we're rating. I guess we're rating. Uh, Christmas Evil, Timmy. What you What are you giving it? Um, I think. Uh, I, I do like it, but again, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that i love it so uh bum, you know, bum. I, I, <laughs> I, I i think i'll be a little generous and still give it a pretty good score though uh so i'll give it a straight seven uh i was trying to i was kind of waffling between like 6.5 and a seven but i do think uh yeah you know, again in, in the christmas spirit i'll, I'll bump it mm-hmm. up a bit it's uh Again, it is a very interesting movie, and um, there's some wild stuff, and then uh, there's some like cool, interesting stuff, and then I think uh, again uh, for me, I just find myself not as interested uh, in the stuff in the middle. Not to say that it's necessarily bad or that it doesn't work. Uh, I just think when I rewatch it, and maybe it's because I am anticipating the craziness of the ending so much maybe mm-hmm. that in comparison makes some stuff in the middle like not as thrilling but i mean, I mean it is still uh interesting and you know um you know worthwhile to have that stuff in the movie but um i, I don't know it, it does you know tire me out a, a little bit more but sure yeah uh yeah i'll go with i'll go with 7.5 i feel like i, I almost want to give it the eight but like obviously it isn't perfect there's definitely some things that come off a little bit weird uh and not in like a good way but like i, I think yeah. it's an impressive nasty little film that has like a weird like artistic merit to it that feels like yeah. a passion project even if it doesn't necessarily always make complete sense and it's got like, some great scenes and the ending's very memorable so 7.5 is what i'm going to give it uh but certainly if you're going to watch like a marathon of christmas horror movies like this should be a relative priority on the list oh like, definitely yeah i um, mean you know, there's only a few that i would say that are, are more worthwhile so 
there you go that is a uh, christmas evil aka you better watch out uh you can let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below like and subscribe ding the bell on youtube make sure you get the notifications uh, all of that does help us as does of course rating the podcast on apple podcast give us five stars a nice review and uh, more people will find us that way and of course you can go to patreon.com slash tv as we mentioned earlier and support us for as little as one dollar per month and get a bonus episode as well as all the things at the higher tiers so go and have a look and see how you feel about that um and keep all the content coming get us on twitter at mm, oh, sorry but you get us at mail underscore fuzz for mail fuzz in general but get us at screams midnight for uh, specifically screams after midnight stuff me and tim typically joke around a lot on there and uh do whatever shenanigans uh so do that uh you can of course um check out other content that we have on the channel and other podcasts that we have from Alphas tv uh the sci-fi movie podcast the atomic cinema experiment a lot like this but with sci-fi movies with me and tara you can go check out that uh check out some of the tv reviews that uh, me and connor do um on almost cancelled or uh, any of the other stuff we do so go, go and have a look uh, and see if you're interested but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it Keep watching scary movies, guys, and make sure you're nice and not naughty. Because Santa's coming. And if you're Harry's dad, Santa definitely came. Uh, so thank you once again. We'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies, guys. Merry Christmas, and we will see you next time. <laughs>